0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to a special edition of the CPL Newsroom. I'm Christian Jack. I am delighted this week to be joined by three outstanding young individuals and three massive faces, as you know, in our Canadian Premier League. Jamar Dixon is the man who lifted the trophy. That's right. He's the captain of Pacific <laughs> FC, and he will be defending that trophy in the 2022 season. He's joined me alongside Jordan Wilson, who was with York United, a massive mainstay on the back line last year for York as well, and two-time champion Kwame Awuah, who was huge, before Forge last year. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. This is a celebration of Black History Month and I can't wait to get into some of these great conversations that we're gonna have uh, with you. Uh, Jamal, let me start with you. We'll start with the champ. Um, great to see you. hope your off season's going well. Uh, when I say Black History Month to you, what does that mean? Oh, well, thanks KJ for, for having me.
1: It's much appreciated. Uh, that's first and foremost. Um, but yeah, Black History Month is uh, extremely special to me um like i've said before in many other interviews um it's not only a month obviously it's it's all of our our lifestyle this is a day-to-day this is the whole year you know this is our life so uh it's just it's just great that uh, we could also just raise awareness and continue to um you know help help people understand what we deal with what we go through and just um you know kind of see things from our point of view um and and things of that sort obviously there's been a lot of um you know media that has been um you know come through in the past with everything that's happened with the black lives matter movement but uh, i don't i don't think it's just that movement i think it has to be something that is talked about um on a regular i think people need to understand and, and realize uh you know us as young black men deal with deal with a lot of things that um the norm um isn't used to and i think it's it's great that we can shed light on uh on that matter and especially use this month to
0: do it yeah it's a great point shedding light on it is really important telling stories being there for each other as individuals um and hopefully people can get inspired by this Kwame, same question to you what does this month mean mean to you in terms of opportunities to talk and also you know you know as jamal says not just this month but the entire year to kind of highlight these important issues
2: yeah i mean first and foremost thank you again for having all of us here thank you boys for being an collaboration with this uh, important uh, topic to get our messages out there. Um, For me, Black History Month, like Jamar said, it is an everyday thing. It is being able to express yourself, giving people the perspective of what it is to be a Black person within society, within North America, within the world. And I think for the most part, we see Blackness in everything that we do. We see it in in sports we see it in media we see it in music we see it in every different a lot of things that we enjoy so i think a lot of people forget that a lot of things revolve around the black culture and i think as athletes we're proponents of that and we're trying to show it through our abilities and through our talents and obviously there's different ways to do it and like musicians artists and whatnot but black history month in general i feel like it is a time where everyone can dive in a little deeper, dive in a little deeper to understand their friends that are black, their family members that are black or even black people understanding each other. And I think that's another thing that we tend to forget. Um, I think we have to be able to understand, understand one another before we expect other people to understand us. Great point, Jordan.
3: Yeah, thanks again, KJ, for um, just reaching out and uh, getting us all together, getting the times sorted as well. But uh, this month, like uh, Jamar and and Kwame said, is just an extra emphasis on what we already know as Black people, but what we wanna share with everyone else as well. Um, Sometimes the narrative is is negative or we focus a lot about the past um, with what has happened, but it's, for me this month, there's an extra emphasis on making sure people know like our present and our future. Um, so yeah, I think this month always kind of puts you in positions to have conversations a bit easier than, um, you would outside. But as I said, like Jamar said, and Kwame alluded to as well, it's, uh, we're black 24/7, Um, so these conversations are always needed and we need to have more of them for sure. But I think this month, uh, is an easier way to start those conversations off.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate that, and I appreciate the honesty. We're going to get into some, you know, real fun topics as a celebration over the next half an hour or so an hour, and some difficult ones. And I'm open to those conversations. By the way, and so is our listeners. And and I thank all three of you for doing this. You know, when I, you know, talked to you about this, I was like, should we do it in March or April, you know, for me, any month, matter. It, it doesn't matter, it doesn't have to be now. But as you alluded to, Jordan, this is a good jumping off point, right? It's, these conversations can happen anytime. I remember having a conversation in the middle of the summer, um, a couple of years ago with Mark Anthony Kay, Jeremy BBC people like that at MLS, um, that we, you know, Richie Lorea, this is it, it can never just be about, uh, about February. Um, but Jordan, is it a time for reflection? Do you think a little bit more? during this month about your own journey, about your own family's journey, about what you are now being a a proud black player and a proud black man here in Canada.
3: Yeah. It's, um, it's a huge time for reflection. I also try to, um, take time to dive into stuff that I don't know. Um, even about our history. I know that when we spoke that I was like, what about like Canadian soccer and what about that history in terms of being black? Um, I'm just gonna like segue into something as well. I was like, just thinking back to like me being a kid and like how many black players I saw like on the Canadian national team. And I remember um, my sister was, my sister and I were watching soccer. I remember seeing like Charmaine Hooper at a time who was a baller. I hope that we can get this this video out there. because I remember her just scoring goals like with ease, but not having so many black female players playing for Canada. Uh, and if you look at our, our national team now, it's more of a representation of the people who play soccer in their country even that i feel like if you don't really highlight that and if you don't point out that like Charmaine hooper started in 1986 playing and she was one of many like one of the few i would say african canadian players black players that were playing in the league and that was just 35 years ago so to see that progress you can obviously see that like there were canadians then in canada playing but there weren't many players like i guess on the main stage or playing for their country so you can, if you really take that in, there's a bit of a disconnect. Um, so I think this month and just looking back on that, it's just like reflecting like, yeah, I was born in 91 and like five years before that, there was one or not many, I think two black female players playing for the national team.
0: Yeah, great point. Jamar, I can see you nodding your head. You obviously made it to Canada. You got your caps for Canada. What was it like for you growing up in this country Looking at that Canadian national team, and obviously I'm sure Randy Samuel and other people will come to mind, but not having many people playing for Canada who look like you, and now maybe how different it can be. Well, honestly,
1: what's happening right now is is immense uh, for the country. I think, um, like Jordan said, I mean, it's just great to to show the representation of Canada. You know, we are built off immigration, right? So we are we are we are changing things. We're we're doing things. Um, in, a, in a different in a different manner I'm not saying the past is, is was done the wrong way it's just clearly there wasn't enough or they weren't finding the the black talent uh, that was around but but no it's good points that, that jordan has um for sure um one player that, that always uh, stands out to me uh in their journey is uh is julian de guzman um and his brother uh Jono. you know they had to they had to get out of canada uh create their own pathway and some of the stories that Julian has told me—it's um, it's, just—it's crazy—the stuff he's had to deal with in, in Europe and um, just you know just because of the color of his skin. You know, you would think it's just—it's um, just about the ability that you have and your and your skill level and things like that. But that's um, that's far far from the reality, uh, and I'm, I'm sure I can speak for for all uh, all three of us here uh, because you know. It's not only in uh, in Europe you you face these things but you also face these things in your own backyard um, yeah you know just again back to the original point about you know seeing um, well not seeing as many black faces growing up playing uh, yeah obviously it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit difficult um, you know but you kind of you kind of get used to it and you kind of have to just be optimistic and, and think about you know well can like can there be change or will there be change or can I be the change or or something of, of that sort. So I mean, uh, it's more about uh, just being grateful for for what's in front of us today. You know, uh, those those guys in the past are pioneers, right? Of what we're trying to establish here and and what we're trying to show uh, the world as well. So I think um, it's it's a great time, and I think uh, especially with seeing the amount of um, different cultures on the on the national team and black players specifically. Um, I think this is the most we've ever had by far, um, and to see the talent that we have, and to see what we're doing, and to see we're about to go to the World Cup. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, finally, taking a look in, in in depth and seeing our ability, giving us an opportunity, and I mean, the numbers don't lie, right? So,
0: yeah, and I would imagine, but I'll imagine. I know. Just think about so many. People being inspired by them, right? The, the the black kids of today in Canada looking at them, going, now I have mentors. Now, like mm-hmm. I, I can see they, these people look like me, and I can that they're, they're they're doing that. How big is that Kwame for the next generation? And how did that impact you as you grew up looking at mentors for you in the game?
2: Yeah, I mean, growing up, I won't even lie to you guys. I mean. Cable was, was very scarce. You weren't really... <laughs> I mean, the national team wasn't... Canadian national team wasn't as known. So it wasn't really... Show, they weren't really showing games on TV, basic cable, what I had. So, like, obviously, I knew about the Atiba Hutchinson, the Julian de Guzman, because Julian and his brother used to play in the Driftwood Spanish League growing up. and That's where I played growing up. And Atiba Hutchinson, his uncle was the coach of Brampton East, where my cousin played, Roy. So I knew about those guys, and I knew that those were like the pioneers, but I only I knew like them and De, and Dwayne De Rosario were like the only core black players that were on the national team. I never everything everybody else and everybody everybody else when you see a picture of the national team, you see them three, and then everybody else would be white. Look at the bench, everybody else would be white. Coaching staff, everyone else would be white. Personally, I never really wanted to watch unless those guys were playing because I never really found where I will never have the ability to meet those other guys because where I grew up from there was only black people, there was only multicultural, there wasn't a lot of white people. I mean, if you guys know Jane and Finch, that's where I grew up. So you weren't really seeing a lot of guys, uh, no offense, but like a lot of white guys. So I liked, I wanted to see, okay, I want to see Atiba because I know that one day I can actually see him because yeah, I can see him in a place where there's a lot of black people. This snap, that. But as you grow up looking, you have the Richie Lareas, Tejan, Daniil Henry, Vendrecker, James, even when like Jamar and those guys are there too as well. Like you've seen things started to change and you started, you've started seen them change courses, even in coaching staff when they called in Octavio and then they called in John Herdman who's, who's from the UK. So, I mean, just bringing in different cultures ultimately has made can- Canadians realize that we have so much uh, multiculturalism in our country it was just about going d- deep within the the provinces and finding it pulling pulling it up. a lot of players were slipping through the cracks and maybe because they didn't have the showcase or the opportunity to um be seen and now that the scouting department for the national team is doing is doing their their due diligence to find these players and not let them go you're seeing the guys these guys uh burst through the scene and it gives a uh, hope to the future generation. Yeah, it's a great point. Let me follow
0: up Kwame, if you don't mind on that, because it's something I can't understand and a lot of our viewers won't understand because we didn't live it. But maybe, you know, what I love about talking to athletes and players like yourselves is your your, your toughness, your journey, your mental resilience. You've all got it in common. You've all got, you all needed it to get where you've got. What is that belief like when you see someone like De Guzman or Hutchinson playing that look like you? And why would that not be there prior to that? How much belief, how much fuel does that give you as a youngster knowing that someone looks like you has actually done it and made it?
2: I mean, I, the Jordan said, we don't want to dwell on the past. Obviously, it's Black History Month and we want to dwell on the present and future. But in the past, all we knew was a black person in a situation with more, more a lot of white people probably wouldn't have a voice or probably wouldn't ha- be able to shine as much if he was w- within his own people or with, if it was more diverse. So... How I looked at it was like, if Atiba Hutchinson and Julian de Guzman can be core parts of the Canadian national team and based and just based on talent, then they were doing something right. It was like, because usually we used to think like, obviously through slavery and all that stuff, like white people were trying to bring us down. But those guys were able to break through and show their talents and show uh, people that they believe in Canada and believe in the future of Canada. So just looking at that, it's like, okay, these guys... Have made it through the toughest times. So if I just keep working hard and have the resilience that they have, because they look it, what it seemed to the naked eye is like these guys have the most resilience to be able to do what they're doing in a group where that's predominantly white people. So it was like, okay, maybe then we can we can make it too, and then just work hard and and as we see the results are the results are there.
3: Just to piggyback on uh, Atiba, since we're we're on him right now. You played in Denmark for four years for the biggest club there, Copenhagen, um, and I was there for five years in the the second best league. But I remember getting there and basically I'm sticking out like a sore thumb. Everyone's like a Scandinavian, like Viking or Caucasian, like I'm black I'm from Canada. So it was just like a whole different mashup as well. Like I wasn't I wasn't African or Caribbean. Like I'm Canadian, but I'm black as well. And I remember how much validity I got by just saying Atiba Hutchinson is Canadian. He was like player of the year, I think 2009, 2010. And I was over there 2014, 2015. But the impact he made like throughout the league um, and then going to PSV and then Seek after, after. Um, having someone who did it before me, who looked just like me, was all the validity I needed to like mm-hmm. play. Like I knew I was good. I knew that, can, I knew that there were Jamar's and that there were Kwamis like in Canada that could play. But maybe it's just all the other stuff, like getting over there, that was difficult, or getting seen. Like I knew, I knew where like we came from, like growing up here in Canada, and the talent that is here, and just being black as well. Like I knew the skin that I was in, but it was just amazing to have something that was so tangible to grab and be like, Atiba killed this league. He was the best player for like four years, Mm -hmm. and he grew up twenty minutes down the road for me. And like no one ever could say, oh well, like no, they were just like, yeah, mad respect. Like, I'm not Atiba, but just seeing the fact that what he did in the league at the time, yeah, that was enough for me to, like, you know, dig my heels in and get going. It's funny you say that um, uh, because, you know,
1: Atiba, uh, when I was in Sweden, same, same thing. Because he was over in Sweden. Uh, the first club that I think he played for was a club called uh, Ostersund. And I actually went there. And they were like, oh, you're Canadian. Okay, like you're like Atiba. Like, right away. Like, that's just what they assumed. So it's crazy to, to, to hear your story, you know, just because, you know, Atiba's actually laid a crazy foundation for himself in Europe and he has um, like massive respects. And I think we can, we can relate to, to Atiba because we know that, you know, he's obviously been someone who's dealt with a lot of other things. Maybe he doesn't speak about it, but that just comes with the territory. You know and especially in europe when you're taking people's positions they, they don't get happy about those things right it's it, it's so competitive uh and atiba's done it on on multiple levels and it's incredible to see that he's still going still winning championships and things like that it's it goes back to Kwame's point we used to see him when we were kids right and he's still doing it he's still going through these things still powerful um trademark guy captain of the national team like it's 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 incredible so guys like that you know uh it gives it gives players black players hope and belief for the future and and um again yeah it's super super role model for us for sure
0: that's remarkably powerful i mean he's this is what black History month is also about no i mean celebrating people like that who pioneers and make a difference in people's lives. And I mean, Atiba Hutchinson's touched so many, but Kwame, when you can hear those words from Jordan and and Jamal, like that's just, just goes to show you what a difference that he made without even knowing it on their careers and, and inspiring, you know, still young players uh, across the country and in, in Turkey and around the world already right now. I wanted to ask you guys about your history within your own families. Like when do you when did you dig deep into that? Where you came from? How does that fuel you today? Um, you know, Jordan. I know. I think I think your dad's from where I was born in Birmingham. Yeah, right? he's a Birmingham he's from, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how That's much does bad. that fuel you? How much of those discussions did you have when you were younger? And how big of a mentor was that?
3: On, was he was he on your on your career? Oh, it's huge. Um, I, I always talk to my dad, or kind of like look at him in awe right now because. For him, he grew up in a time in the 60s and 70s in England where he loved football, but like there was not a single black person that he could like look up to that was playing professionally, you know? Like now you look at the Premier League, so multicultural, I like probably every nation is represented. But when he was growing up and he was being a boy in 60s and 70s, like that just wasn't the case, you know? Like parents were like, especially with Caribbean backgrounds, because my grandparents are Jamaican, but. My dad was uh, grew up in England and they were like, find work, you know, like make sure you're, you grow up to be a man to like provide for your family. It wasn't like go yep. play pro like that wasn't, that wasn't an option. So yeah, I think, and in, in terms of reflecting for this month, I, I've been reflecting on my parents' journeys, both of them are immigrants. My mom came here when she was a teenager. My dad came here in his early twenties and, um, he had such a passion for, for football, for soccer. But never really pushed that on me or my brother or my sister. Um, we just wanted to play it. We just wanted to be the best we could at it. I wanted to go as far as I could with that. I remember saying when I was like eight, like I'm gonna play pro. And by no means was I a star or a stud on my team. Like, oh, you know, I was decent. Like I could, I could clap a man and tackle or whatever. It <laughs> but I was never, uh, <laughs> I was never the kid, you know what I mean? But I just had the passion and desire.
2: This guy's acting Um, like he still doesn't do that, you know? Come on, man.
3: (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, like it's crazy because a big part of me and Black History Month is just about the people before me. So the sacrifices like my parents made Um, and my dad basically having his dad not believing that he could play professionally or putting that time into him because that just wasn't what was seen. And then now it's crazy. Like we go to games on the CPL. And he's talking to me, like, before and after the game and, like, watching it. And I was just, like, so much pride because, like, his son's playing. Like, his name's, like, his last name's on the back of a jersey, but it's not him. You know what I mean? So, it's, like, we're getting to the point. And if God blesses me with a son, it will be at the point where maybe, hopefully, if he chooses to play football or she, that football is, like, growing so much that, you know, you can maybe have, yeah, a long career in the game or there's different opportunities within it. So, yeah, it's just it's just a beautiful thing, a beautiful progression. But I just want to really thank my parents for like how they raised me. And they just showed me like anything's possible. And they, they kept me grounded and let me do other things as well. Like school is a huge thing, it was really important. But saying, yeah, if you want to go play pro, like show me, work at it, like make sure you're, you're the best player at training, make sure you're working the hardest. And an extra kudos to my dad for not having that support. But providing me with that, but not forcing me into the game. Because yeah, I fell in love with the game on my own. He was just there to guide me. That's that's a
0: remarkable story. Thanks so much for sharing it. What I love about that man is that you, the appreciation in your voice, is the appreciation I see when I watch you play. You know, I I can sense that when you know that you appreciate every single minute of a game that you play, right? And and it's clear you've carried it on. And here we are in 2022, by the way. Think about this. You've carried it on because of one generation prior, just your dad wasn't able to have the opportunities or the mentors that you had. And we're not talking three, four, five, six generations ago, just your dad, you know, and, that, and, and how that has inspired you. You know, this is where we are in 2022. We've come a long way, still a ton of way to go as well, Kwame. But what does that say? You know, that, that this generation still right now is, you know, we're talking about parents who didn't have the opportunities that that, that you're getting now. It's, 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 it's remarkable.
2: Yeah, I mean, my parents uh, immigrated here when my dad was in his early twenties. Uh, he moved here by himself first with the, with my uncle, and they had to, my dad went to school at Seneca at York University and working he used to tell me he used to t- he tells me all this stuff so i know a lot about my family history every time he has opportunity to be like yo, if i'm complaining about something he's like i used to ride my bike from here to mm-hmm. Timbuktu." this is it i'm like man i'm not really trying to hear it. but honestly yeah. like i i understand his his work ethic he had to work in order to bring my mom uh, over to canada and then when he brought my mom over to canada i'm the I was, I'm the second uh, oldest in the family. I have two younger siblings and an older sister, but my dad was into football, but he never was a player. He never really cared to play. He was always about schoolwork, schoolwork. Um, but he never, like, like Jordan said, like my parents never forced me into playing soccer. I, I registered myself to play in the driftwood Spanish league because the community center was a hop, skip and a jump away and they needed a player. I'm like, you know what? Like I'm here every week. I watch soccer. and like, I'm four years old, just running around. I'm like, okay, like I'll play. And I came back and I, I was good enough. And then the coach came knocking on my door. He's like, we need, we need this guy to sign for a team. So that's how my soccer journey started. My parents had no idea. Um, till this day, I can count. I could probably count on one hand, how many games my mom has been to. And that's surprising because my mom, she, She's like, honestly, I know when you ha- have had a good game and I know when you have had a bad game because I wear my emotions on my sleeve. So if I come home and I'm upset growing up, she would just like, you know what here, have food, this snack like won't talk about the game, no nothing. And then if I had a if I had a good game, she like it's a whole different story, right So I mean, they sacrificed. my mom used to work two jobs used to drive me to practice to practice whenever she could. Um, obviously I have a lot of friends that were on the same teams as me in Sigma and, and, club soccer that I used to catch rides with. I used to play on the provincial team. I used to take the bus, TTC. Like that was a dedication that I had just because like, I was never the best player on my team, but I always knew that in order to play with the best, I had to work as hard as they did. So that just always kept me motivated. Like, and I never wanted to join a team or be on a team where I was the best player or else I felt like my development would have stopped. Um, so growing up, like Jordan too, like I told my parents I'm going to be a soccer player. They're like, oh, yeah, but you need a plan B. Like what if soccer doesn't work? I'm like, nah, plan B is to make plan A work. And I told them all all through my, uh, my mm-hmm. career. Yeah, so a funny story is like, well, I remember one time in college, I was like, Man, I don't even know if I want to play soccer anymore. Hard time after my second year. We didn't make the the NCAA tournament for the first time in like 25 years. Coach hassling. I'm like, nah, man, I can't do this no more. I'm tired. Like my mom was like, nope, you've gone too far for you to quit now. And I'm <laughs> like, damn, I can't hang up the boots by force. Like that's crazy. Usually <laughs> yeah. yeah. the support, but that's how much how that's so much belief they had in me. They've seen how much I've worked, how much energy and time I've spent into putting into the game. And Honestly, like without them, without their work ethic, without seeing my mom coming back home from long nights, my dad waking up early in the morning to go to work, I I would never, I have nothing to complain about. Right. So every time I'm about to go, I, I'm tired and I'm about to go, I have to go work out. I'm like, you know what? Let me just get this over with because so, things can be a lot harder. You can be paying a mortgage. You can be working 15 hours shift and then come back home and your youngest sibling, the youngest sibling didn't do the dishes or didn't do it but you don't have energy to yell at them. So you're doing it yourself, you know what I mean? So I see all of that. So I really appreciate my parents from the from the bottom of my heart. So yeah, they've done a lot for me and hopefully I can continue my career and they can reap the benefits of it There's all well.
0: Yeah, very well said. For our viewers who don't know, Kwame, I you know those of us here yeah. do, Where where is your background? You said your parents came over. What oh yeah, my parents, my, par-
2: my parents came from Ghana. Yeah, so if you know the 2010 World Cup, that kind of broke their hearts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, team, <laughs> yeah after I'm that, after wow. that,
2: after that, they went into the hole, man. I'm so, <laughs> it's so sad. It's crazy how one thing can change the that yeah, dynasty probably. of one team, you know, one country. Wow.
0: Luis Suarez yeah. forever the handball yeah, man. Yeah, we don't. It, we don't talk about
1: it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> 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 hey, hey, it was sad for all. Honestly, it's Black History Month, and I think it was sad for all Black people. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, it was very sad, but we the still had Caribbean opportunity. Community win, was so hurt. I, yeah, I couldn't even be upset because we still had opportunity to score the penalty and then win in penalty shots as well. But it's demoralizing, hundred percent. I understand now that I'm a professional, I can understand how those guys felt going into the penalty yeah. shootout.
0: Yeah, but what about Asamoah Jean, who missed the penalty and then actually stood up and said, I'm taking the one on the shootout first. Like, that, like to have that kind of guts, like, that stuck with me doing that game. I remember working it for the score. You know, I know everyone remembers Suarez doing this, like the (laughs) evil villain in the tunnel, right? (laughs) Everyone remembers that image. But, Mm -hmm. like, Jean had the guts to come up and score. He was always one of my favorites. I saw Ghana live in the Mm -hmm. 2006 World Cup against the Czech Republic, just played Mm -hmm. them off the field it yeah. was an awesome day that day when i went to that game in cologne wow um, amazing amazing stories and, and one day i know that um i don't i know an african team will go further than that but it's gonna yes. happen man it's gonna happen mm-hmm. no doubt. Mm-hmm. um jamar for our viewers and listeners maybe you can just dig deep into your background and and how much that shaped you and, and what kind of questions you're asking as a child of, of them i mean my parents
1: um have caribbean parents my uh, my dad's from uh, jamaica um, he came over when he was 16, 17, my mom's from Barbados and she came over, I think she was about four or four years old, back and forth. So, um, yeah, they're honestly, like it, it's similar to, to both, um, these guys stories here, you know, you know, we come from, I'm um, a hardworking background, you know, that that's what our grandparents, you know, taught, um, our parents, you know, that's what. It is, you know, in this world, you know, you want to create a future for uh for your children, create a future for your children. And that's what's that's something that's been instilled in our culture, right? Um, especially, you know, knowing that, you know, we have to do a little bit more, right? At least, you know, our grandparents would always say, you know, set that foundation. And, and it's it's funny because uh both stories that I just heard, you know, uh it resonates with me. It's special, honest truth. It really is, because a lot of the things that these guys have said. I can relate 100. Um, percent. In terms of my parents, um, you know, when it came to me playing soccer, never was never was pushed, never was was anything like that. But it was on me, you know. They, you know, my dad, he played. He, he, was, a, he was a lefty striker. You know, um, came to Canada and uh, he had opportunity to train with uh, uh, provincial teams, national teams, and he said no because there was no black people. So just simple things like that where you have an opportunity and a chance. And I'm sure this happens to many other uh, immigrants that come over, Black immigrants, especially that have talent that had opportunity. and then just because of the, the demographic or just because of the people that they see, you know, it, it turns them uh, turns them away. So that was one thing that, that, um, that my dad told me early when I was when I was growing up and it just kind of stuck with me. Uh, and I said, well, if I ever get that opportunity, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna carry it with me and I'm gonna do it for the community. I'm gonna do it for the, the next generation. Do it for my cousins, everyone, so they can at least see that someone that they know that's close to them can can take that step and that now they can believe that they can do it as well. Uh, and again, same with 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 with, um, with the last two uh, stories. I mean, I think you guys as well understand that point. I think people look at you guys the same way. You know. If these guys didn't take that step to make it to the the next uh, level, I mean, you know, just how we've grown up, you know, our cousins and just family, you know, by us taking that step, they believe that they can do it. They're part of that journey. You know, when you win a championship um, or win any big games, you know, your your true community comes out and they'll support you for that. So that's something that was 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 massive for me growing up with uh, with my parents. They they told me all the time, just you know, stay focused on what you want to do. Uh, obviously, everything was school, school, school. That was <laughs> the biggest thing. Like, you don't do your homework, you can like you can catch it, you know. Like, mm. so you know <laughs> you have to like stay focused on that. And if you don't do your schoolwork, you're not playing no ball. So mm. it's like it's it's simple, you know. You they ask you, have you done your homework? You're like, yeah, yeah, I yeah, finished. And you're doing your homework the next morning like right before class you know like things like that just because you want to go outside and play um but those were just some of the things that were instilled in us and um and i think um you know going forward in in my career uh when i started as a well when i went to school first at, uh, at st effects university that's just because of an opportunity I, I i had a chance to go out there um, at that point in my life, I was kind of, I was done with high school. I was chilling with, with my, with my boys. And that was the first time where I didn't have a plan. Right. I wasn't like steady, like consistently doing my training. I was kind of in limbo. And at that point I was like, wow, like, there's a lot, I, I was, I saw a lot of things that I shouldn't have seen at these young ages, you know, and, and it made me realize like football is, is the ticket for me at this point in time, you know? So my parents would always say like, stay focused in this, stay out of trouble, keep yourself active, keep yourself busy. I know you guys, it's been the same thing you hear because it's so easy to uh, to get steered in the wrong direction when there's no other pathways for young black kids, right? So um, that being said, I mean, for me, the biggest thing is just um, every opportunity that I've gotten, um, It's it's not just for myself at all like, I'm just being used to do what's needed. You know, it's, it's more for, for who's watching and for the future. Um, and these are things that I need to explain and instill in my daughter, you know, so she can grow up to be, you know, a smart black individual and go through life understanding and knowing what she's going to have to deal with. Right. But if I don't set that pathway, if I don't show it, if I don't do it, I mean, it doesn't work. You know, you always got to pay it forward. Right. So um, my parents my biggest fans um love them to death mm-hmm. because they sacrifice everything to um to get me here so now that I can you know be in a better position to now help my my family out so um without them i mean i'm not i'm not here right so mm-hmm. it's uh it's a major blessing to have them by my side
0: that's fantastic mm-hmm. well well said you you mentioned being a parent Jamar, if i can turn it just back to you a little bit how yeah. when you talk about your daughter what kind of things are you talking about there where you going not prepare her whether it's be you know the glory of being you know a, mm-hmm. a black canadian and there's so many great things about that or the some things the difficult things where unfortunately she's gonna have to put up with some things that other people don't have to put up with yeah i mean she's turning two next week
1: and uh, i talk to her like she's grown you know so <laughs> She's <laughs> gotta hear these things, right? So I explain these things to her even now. So she gets used to it. You know, so it's gonna be repetitive, but she's gonna get used to it. But you know, I think um black women in in, in society, you know, they are they are actually some of the most powerful women. The amount of stuff right. that they deal with and go through. People don't realize that. People have no idea how powerful and, and strong black women are. So it's it's us as black men, we have to um, also uh, like help and, and show and, and and try to, you know, assist in any way we can because obviously in the work world, things have, have changed. But if, you know, I could talk to my mom about her stories, I'm sure I could talk to Jordan and Kwame's mom about their stories and it's gonna be similar, right? It's always difficult and it's, it's even harder, right? Um, so, I mean, m- for myself, um, I don't want to tell my daughter, you know, just the negative things. I want her to believe that she's coming into a world where she can actually do whatever she wants to do. And obviously with my backing, I will help and I will try to open up as much doors as I can. But I just want her to have the understanding of of what it is to, to be a black woman and know her culture, know who she is, you know, don't want like no confusion. She has to understand just the reality of life and what it is and, and how things are set, you know, and that—that's—that's—that's uh, that's, that's what I'm gonna have to do. But also, there's definitely a lot of positive things as well. Like, like you said, um, I think we're we're in a better place um, for 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 culture in this country. Let's just you know stay positive and hopefully it continues on the right path. Uh, and that's why we're doing um, things like this, right? To um, to empower, to and just to show to show people that there's there's another side to things, not not only what what they assume.
0: Yeah, a lot of work to be done. Um, you guys know that more than I'll ever know. Uh, but it does feel like a little bit more of those things are progressing certainly certainly better than they were two two or three years ago. That's just my own opinion, but you guys live it every day. It's not about me. Kwame, you've been involved in this, you were involved as was Jamar, Jordan, you're a little bit newer to the league, but the Black Lives Matter thing at the Canadian Premier League, and we saw what you know, Major League Soccer did when the MLS is back tournament, and how powerful that was to kick off with all the players there. And when you're in those moments, and you're coming together as a group uh, of, of of incredible men who just happen to have you know this this thing that you guys have in common in terms of how you look. What's on your mind in those moments when you're when you're raising awareness? What's going through your head in, in those moments to, to ensure that positivity comes out of it? Is, are you fueled by negativity? Is it positive? I, I'd love to know what you're thinking in those times.
2: Um, I think it goes it can go both ways. I mean, obviously the Black Lives Matter movement was um, sparked by the situation that happened in Minneapolis, right? The mm-hmm. Aubrey. The guy that got mm-hmm. choked out by the police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did something positive that was sparked by something negative. Going into going into that obviously that ceremony we held, locked arms around around the field in 2020 at the Island Games. In my head, what was what was thinking is like these are guys that on the field we might be beefing, we might be talking smack, we might it's competition. Like you know what I mean, but off the field, like this shows real character. This shows the character of a man. Like I can count on these guys in the face of adversity. I can count on the street if I see these guys, like if I see them in trouble, like I can I can come to their aid, they come to my aid. So I think that was an important important thing. And just seeing the multiculturalism of the league as well. Like a lot of people would think that Ontario teams have the most multicultural people, but then you looked at, at the the other teams like, oh, there's there's a couple of black people here, there's a couple of black people here. So like it's not just certain sections of Canada that are that is just multicultural. It's the whole it goes across the whole the whole nation. And obviously that's due that down to um the immigration uh piece, our country being built off immigration. In my head, I also remember that like black people always have a chip on their shoulder, whether it's a bad chip or a good chip, we use that as fuel to either get our message out. We use that to let people understand perspective. We use that to let people understand ourselves. We use that to let people to help ourselves display how we really are and portray to everyone else how it is to be black, how it is to be within the culture, how it is to go through code switching, how it is to go through being able to, oh, if I, if I want to get this job, how I have to act, how you always have to put on different faces for different people, where sometimes you can't truly be yourself because a lot of people don't know how to uh, accept the real the realness of being a black person, right? So I think that's a lot of, that's a, that's a couple of things that, that go through my head, especially when, but most of it is definitely, it is positive because we're a bunch of athletes that we do have fans, collectively, probably millions of followers on social media and we, our reach is endless. We have people that are in higher places that we can communicate to that can help us broadcast our views and our opinions. So I think us doing that, it brought a, a shun a bigger light on the Canadian Premier League and it brought a bigger perspective where it's like, yeah, we all might be competitors, gladiators on the field, this and that, but when it comes to something as serious as Black Lives Matters or, whatever whatever other situation might be be going on the the every child matters with the aboriginal people in in manitoba i think that says a lot that shows people that okay we're not just athletes we're actually men and we're real people we're human beings and we care about every situation that's going on and i know it's black black history month but yeah i want people to understand us and how we feel but like i said we have to be able to do the do it the other way as well you we have to be able to understand other people it has to be uh reciprocated
0: yeah well well said jordan listening to kwame there what, what what are some of your thoughts and i know you're far from ending your professional career you're still really young but as you start to get into your 30s does that start to fuel you a little bit more in terms of what you can do away from the pitch that can help the next generation of black players on it you think about what mls is doing and I've spoken to quite a lot to my friend Justin Morrow about Black, you know, the, the Black Players Coalition over in MLS and, and what they're doing over there right now. Is that something that enters your head at the moment, or, or is it a bit too soon for you?
3: A hundred percent, it enters my head. Just because I'm a accumulation of all the Black people that poured into my life. Like I, I paid homage to my my parents, who are who are the two probably biggest advocates of that. But um, there are so many people that poured into me and it just feels like a disservice not to do the same the other way around so I think hitting 30 this year and I just want to shout you out KJ for saying I have many more years and not calling me old <laughs> worry,
2: plus you're 30, good, like you're, you're anything,
3: good anything you're good, plus man. 30 is like guys think your knees are jello do you, do you oh, no, we, got, we got a 32 year old we got a
0: 32 year old champion here lifting <laughs> shields. we
3: got Tiba about to be 39 going to the world cup so exactly
0: no? man
1: but
3: um Now all jokes aside, um, that's what it's about. I look at even younger black players on our team. Um, I'll say your name, like Isaiah Johnson. I look at him and I see me just 12 years younger. You know what I mean? So there's some, maybe I treat him a bit like an older brother, like I'm a bit harsher or harder on him sometimes because I know how difficult things could be. So I hold him to a higher standard and it's almost like I'm talking to my younger self. I love all my teammates, white, yellow, purple, whatever. But there's just a special onus I have um, or a special connection I have with people who share the same skin that I'm in. Um, funny story being December 5th, what, 2021, seeing Jamara Dixon, like, lift the trophy. I was, like, yeah, envious. I was like, oh, I want, I want, yeah. yeah. Obviously, Kwame's <laughs> next, right? But I'm, um, I'm watching the game. And I'm happy, and I message him, we can attest to this. And I'm happy for the fact that I don't know him personally, but I know that our struggle is similar. And I could be happy for him to like have a feat, you know, to have a moment. I'm still gonna six top tackle them next next year or 2022. No, 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 no. Right? I'm still gonna go and battle. <laughs> but, like, I'm We're roll like gonna roll this back. We're gonna roll this back when we get the red card. <laughs> we will. No, yeah. But I'm happy. I'm happy for the culture. I'm happy that we share the same skin. I'm happy that he's doing the most. I'm happy that he he won. You know what I mean? Because it just works the same way. It's the same with Kwame for them. When they, obviously, I want to be at the top, but it's like, how many people can I bring? How many people can I make their life better or so into? Um, and that's just what I feel being in the skin that I'm in. So many people have done it for me, and it's just my due diligence to do it again for a younger generation. I also just want to commend Jamar on, I guess, live television or on this on this uh, show, just saying that with you and your daughter when you're speaking about her, I just think like, it's amazing because I think black dads, we've always been dope. Black women, black mothers, we've always been dope. But I think now we're highlighting it a bit more. You know, our parents, you hear like, there's so many stereotypes of how black people could be. And I'm always just like kissing my teeth and, sorry you KJ, know, a kiss teeth is when you do that. But like, I was, like kissing my teeth and i'm like vexed because i'm like nah we're actually the yeah, sweetest man. most resilient dopest kindest like you That's mentioned code switching Kwame. like yeah. we can go to an interview and then one minute or later we can be with amanda at home. yeah everything like yeah. 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 we're dope so it's just nice to see and you speak about your daughter um in the way that you do and it's just something to look up to as well and, and, and no, i appreciate that, that man Thank yeah, you. that's
0: awesome. Let me tell you a quick story about this man, Jamar Dixon. Everyone thinks about that game in the final. I just want to share a story, but don't, don't, I don't want to hear players anywhere near done in 30. In, in the semifinal, I'm on the sidelines, and you know, you guys remember the game. It's cavalry against Pacific. It goes to extra time. It's one of those games where anyone can win this game. This guy just not stopped running. I don't know what the metrics were at the end of the game with this guy, but he got hurt at one point during the game, and he cut, he, start, you know, he did everything he could during that game for Pacific to get over that line. Uh, I'll never forget that about you, Mr. Dixon, on that day. And parmenu grabbed you after the game or, or during that time when he pulled you off, and there was this massive embrace of appreciation because it looked like you ran until you couldn't stop running that day. And I bring that story up because everyone talks about your embrace with Par. In the final i remember that one as well An utter appreciation we don't have parma Dukar right now he's gone to texas he actually called me before the show and had a good chat about things out there things are going well for him and we're all delighted about that but how big of a relationship was that for you and how special is that for a mentor and for us to have in the cpl and to have someone like par lead teams like that it's it's honestly words
1: words can't really describe it it's interesting uh i think pa was also more of like a big brother to all the black players in the league you know i used to see you know the first what was it uh, the island games and we were in that hotel and i thought pa like knew everybody you know but really he was like no like i'm just introducing myself to everyone you know like i get these guys you know what i mean i want to i actually want to get to know these players because if he doesn't do that, like, which other coach is going to do that? And I'm not saying he's not talking to other players, white, black, brown. doesn't matter that he's speaking to everybody, but he just understood that, okay, well, I'm a, I'm a black coach, and I'm, like, a real black – I'm real with him, yeah, you know? Yeah. He's he's not hiding, you know? So he understands everybody. Like, I would see him talk talk with Kwame out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, you know him? He's just like, no, but now I know him. But I get him. You know what I'm saying? So, like – Pa, Pa was, he's just, he's a unique individual, you know? He always has lessons for you. Uh, he's always schooling you on something, anything. He's been through it all. So he knows from 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 situations on and off the pitch, he, he knows, you know? So having having that relationship with him and then, you know, working through things throughout the year, you know, everyone looks at, you know, just the positives, but like, Pa, he's a realist, you know? For me, myself, like I'm a realist, so like we're going to butt heads at times. But I mean, understanding each other is one thing. People might see us and be like, oh, man, they're mad at each other today or something was rare, but it was just we have strong opinions on certain things. And having someone like that where where I can actually speak to and, and he can understand me instead of assume that I'm being negative or something like that actually helps us take a step forward, you know what I mean? And that's important because if you look at it, majority of the coaches are white, majority of the captains are white. Maybe they have that relationship, right? So when you just have someone that gets you, uh, it allows you to be a, a better in all aspects of the game. So I think, uh, I, I mean, I put in a lot of work last year or the last two years under PA. I mean, it was no choice. That's just, just how it was. But I wanted to put in more work for someone that understands and believes in the ability of myself or the ability of the squad, understanding the bigger picture. That embrace, it's funny you speak about um about the one in Calvary because that was important. That was a big one for, for us, but wasn't really talked about. And obviously yeah the one in the final is was just the icing on the cake. That was just the testament to to everything that we've we've had to deal with. And there's been a lot of things that we've had to deal with. I, again you know Pa's outspoken, he'll speak his mind on, on TV, he doesn't care. So things like that, you know, there's a balance and um, I would have to deal with some of the the backlash of that with, with some guys and things like that. But it, it all it all worked out because at the end of the day, we're we're all one team. We're all one one squad and unison was was what we always preached. You know, regardless of your skin color, it was always about just believing in a culture. Right. And yeah. and, and that's what it was. So
0: there's a no- there's a novel idea that, you know, you actually got to feel like you'd be, you could be comfortable in your own skin just because of pa was there and he understood like something that many people take for granted every day you you were able to just yeah. able to do that because of him and that's uh, that's really special all three of you have spent a lot quite a lot of time out of the out of this country you know a couple of you guys studying the states we mentioned earlier your journey to denmark jordan and sweden and, and finland with you uh, as well Jamar. jordan when you come back to canada is there a deeper appreciation for it within what Acceptance of, of what you look like. That we, what can we do better in this country? How's it different to where you've been? Is is are you? I'm not necessarily framed, but are are you more of a, a of a way in terms of looking at yourself now, labeled by other people because of where you've been? Do you see the world a little bit differently in terms of that? Do you know what I'm getting at?
3: I do. I definitely see the world um, differently, um, especially from my time in Denmark. And I think I'm just so fortunate to have grown up here because if I look at my grade five class like I knew the difference between like a Sikh or a Hindu or who was Korean and Chinese and I didn't group that as oh they're Asian like even at a young age I guess in grade five you're like 11 or yeah I think so around that yeah at a young age you're just already developing, An appreciation. You're noticing differences, but you're developing appreciation. Jamaicans and Trinities aren't the same. They're similar, Mm -hmm. but they aren't the same. Ghanians and Nigerians, my my Ghana boy, my black star over there, they're not the same. (laughs) They're similar, but they're not the same. So I think what I'm trying to get at with that point is that when I would come home, I was a black Canadian and I would say that my parents are Jamaican, and my dad's from England, and most of my family's Jamaican. And I dive deeper into who I was, but when I was over there, I was black. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm still black, 24/7, all all day, every day, black till I die. But the differences, um, I guess, I guess, being in, a, growing up in a melting pot, you can dive into the differences a little bit uh, deeper. And I think racism is racism. There's racism in Denmark. There's racism in Canada. But it was just different. And yeah, I think for me, I always knew that this was home. This was the country that raised me. And specifically, like, Mississauga. This is, like, the city that raised me. So I always wanted to come back. And um, if anyone was going to get the best of me, it was going to be, like, this place. But in terms of racism, I think that if I want to, like, fix or change or help, I definitely want to change and help in this area.
0: What about you, Kwame?
2: Yeah, I mean, I went to school at University of Connecticut. If he has no Connecticut, that place is predominantly white. Mostly, the most Black people you see are probably just the athletes. Other than that, yeah, it was, it was definitely a change from going from Toronto. But I've been fortunate enough to play in... Uh, New York City, which is a bigger version of Toronto. So being in a melting pot, like Jordan said, you do dive deep into your culture. A lot of people do guess and assume like what country you're from. But I think a lot of people are um, educated on the fact like some people will know I'm already, my my background's Ganyan just because of my name. Like you say, oh, that means you're born on a Saturday. And I'll be like, oh yeah. So that means like at least you're somewhere, like you're not, Um, ignorant to the fact that just another black person oh he has a kind of African name maybe he's Nigerian or maybe you know what I mean we don't people don't just guess off the rip when they just see you I mean in Connecticut it was more of like um, what he said like when you're in when you're in Europe it's more like yeah you're just you're just another black person I mean for the most part but because it's it was like a school in the United States it's not like they weren't used to seeing black people it was just a matter of you had to find your niche you had to find your group of people you wanted to hang with people that understood you the best people that understood how you how a black person is the best and then you stuck with that kind of group of people luckily my soccer team was predominantly black I know Jamar probably knows Andre Blake was my goalkeeper my mm. first year there. Yeah. A real Jamaican man. So I had, <laughs> Kyle Learn was my teammate for two years there as well. Yeah. So we had a lot of multiculturalism guys from Senegal, guys from Jamaica, Trinidad, my roommate in New York was from Trinidad. So I've always been around different people. And it's just always helped me to understand different aspects of life. Because yeah, we might be black, but the Jamaican struggle is not gonna be the same as a Ghanian struggle or the it, the british struggle is not to be the same as a, a white american struggle it's a it's a lot of it's a lot of different uh mm-hmm. aspects to life so different things that we've all all been through like our core values might be the same but there's different things that um are definitely different like when he said about the korean and the vietnamese like those are things that you just realize and th- and as a kid i feel like it's better to get through that phase as a kid because that's when you're exploring that's when you're Asking questions about yourself, asking questions Great about point. other people. Yeah. That's when you're wondering. So, like, you're people are not really get um being harsh on kids for asking these specific questions because it's genuine. It's not you're asking mm-hmm. because out of ignorance, you're asking because oh, I, I want to know what country my friend's from, so like I never get it wrong again, or I want to know mm-hmm. uh what he does, what religion he is, so I never get it wrong again. So, certain things yeah. like that, it's like it's good to learn at a young age, and that's that's what I was doing. I was able to talk to anyone any friends i have a vietnamese friend here i'll be like oh what kind of food do you eat oh yeah we eat fufu we eat we eat this i'm like yes yeah, so like you know you just share your backgrounds and your stories with each other i think and that's what i thought was a, a special thing mm-hmm. awesome
0: and jamar obviously you had sweden and finland in your in your football journey and uh, how did that yeah. shape you in terms of returning to canada and, and how you look at it now
1: no, it's similar to what what Jordan and, and Kwame said, uh, but but what really stands out to me is the understanding. That's the biggest piece because I mean, growing up, my parents were like, "Yeah, like it's not it's not just a Asian person or a brown person. You got to know and ask them questions if you don't, know, or ask your 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 classmates, so you actually can identify with them on a better level because now you actually understand them. Because like Kwame said, there's different struggles for different cultures, right? So that was something that was instilled in me from a young age you know i think going over to to sweden and thinking oh everyone's saying oh it's like canada you know i'm thinking you're going to see a lot more black people things like that but i i actually where i was staying um in malmo i was seeing a lot of um for example a lot of syrian culture was there you know way more than than i mean i i saw much more syrian people than african or caribbean uh even just like traditional like blonde hair blue eyed swedish people right it was it was it was just a different culture um but again um it's a matter of just getting that base understanding of 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 who we are and who they are i think also i I mean i was on a team where um some of the there was two blonde hair blue eyed swedish players on this team and the rest were um immigrants, Yugoslavian immigrants that came over to Sweden and we'd be playing. And these guys would be like, um, they'd be like, oh, yeah, Jamar, like you're a, you're a different black compared to like some of the African guys that just came over and they would they would kind of treat them a little different. These these African guys were ballers, like good players. They're Ghanaian players, like sick, and they wouldn't associate us the same. And I'm like, why don't you associate us the same or similar? like no 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 because you're like american black they're they're african you know and i'd be like it doesn't make sense like you know what i'm saying so it i have to break that down for them and it just goes to show that that like some people can live their whole life thinking like this Mm -hmm. until they're corrected for for me this that's crazy you know so if that if if i see something like that i have to adjust it immediately i don't care what age you are. I, I, that's just me. I don't I, that has to get sorted before we can continue the conversation. Right. Because then I can't really even trust you in the conversation. Right. I don't want to entertain that conversation. If you can't, you know, understand people. Right. And differentiate. Right. So um, now coming back to, to Canada. I mean, it's Canada's always Canada. Right. So I've been instilled on certain things out here from from a young age. so has it changed i can speak about the league i mean what what i'm most happy about is how there's there's a lot of not just black but there's a lot of culture in the league right now there's i i think there's what well, i'm um, i i do not know half the players i would say is maybe more than that black players right so it's like we have to also um you have to also be seen um, in a different light, right? We need to be understood. Um, and I think that's the, the biggest um, misconception of, of of this whole um, this whole grouping of, of players coming back and going over and different experiences. Because you're, you, there's probably some foreigners that have come to Canada for the first time and getting their first start as a pro. And they're going to experience something different than them going over to Europe, right? So it's how can we fix that? And how can we... Um, you know bridge that gap so everyone can just be on the same base right that that's kind of what i'm what i'm looking at what i've seen what i've taken notice of
0: fantastic advice you know every second just taking that in it's, it's it's wonderful to hear listen you guys have been amazing with your time i'm cognizant of it because we've been with together for an hour so I, it is your show it's not my show everything that you said i've learned a ton already but i don't want to just wrap it up now uh, you know in a moment where we're celebrating you know history month i'd like to each give you as a final comment if you don't mind it just you just takes whatever's left on your mind what we haven't touched i know we've touched on a lot of stuff parenting and mentorship and a lot of other things getting into it but um jordan let me start with you if you don't mind what's what's left on your mind that you'd like to get out on this special month
3: i think one thing to to piggyback what, what jamar said um so it's one of those things that i'm talking with black people they'll understand like um kwame spoke a bit about that I was going to bring up anyway so he's in my head um code switching in terms of like how you speak in certain I guess um in certain places you know when you're with your friends you're more relaxed you can say what's on your mind speak freely but there's this um there's this feeling of if I'm going into a certain place that I'm already being stereotyped or like judged the way it is and it's just it's just a fact I think it's a it's a natural thing to to maybe judge someone or to look at them and have an assumption of who they are. But the the way you get it as a, a black male or a black individual is just different. So for me, in terms of going away to Europe, one of the biggest differences I've noticed in when I was in Denmark was I'm just a very confident person. Like my parents raised me to be like outspoken and kind and like I have a smile usually when, uh, if I'm on the pitch, it's a bit different, but off I'm usually happy and like cool with people. But I always wondered if there was like a shy Jordan Wilson, um, how he would be received, or if there's someone who mm. just didn't want to learn another language. And you know, he, he was a nice kid, like beautiful dark skin, but he just wasn't outgoing. And that, that always played in my mind the five years that I was there because I would go and meet people and I would go and shake their hand or I would want to go talk to a kid or I would want to even stumble at the language or whatever. But I was immersing myself in the culture. So I could see a light switch going off in people's head and saying, oh, well, like, no, he's good. So there's, like, I almost want to say there's the, the stage of me being black and then me being Jordan. And you knock it off. And I see the switch in the head like, oh, well, that's Jordan. Like, he's kind, he's funny. But at first I was just black when you're looking at me. So I, I just kind of want to that, that's something that I hope we change as, as something that we get better at is that, and even black history month, uh, that's, I guess that's my, my goal for this year. I just made it right now during the show is that I shouldn't really have to change your mind. You should have to change your expectations or really keep your bias in check. Like, why, why would I have to have a hoodie off when I go into a certain place, but a white guy, you don't really think different. It's these biases we have to check at all times. Um, and I don't wanna make this a pity party, but these are just facts. And I think about the trajectory of my career and playing in Denmark, and it would have been different if I was a shy kid. But if I was white, it would have been the same. And that's a fact. So, as I said, I'm really trying to focus on being home and obviously i'd love racism to die all over and not just for black people just like in general i'd love for there to be love and people not to have bias and have discrimination but with the skin i'm in and the experiences i've had i'm focusing on people that have had similar experiences and then kids along the way or people that are younger than me and i can identify with that so i think i'm just putting this out there just to say that Yes, I am a black man, and yes, I'll always be a black man, but I shouldn't have to smile, take my hoodie off, be extra outgoing for you to be like, oh, this is Jordan. Yeah, yeah.
0: Thanks so much for sharing that. The courage you found in your words there was was remarkable, my man. This is no pity party, okay? This is a moment for you to speak your mind and your truth. And always, uh, you know, we love you for who you are. And and there's lots of people who are gonna be watching this, hopefully within this league for years to come. And they're gonna look at that and go, I'm gonna learn from that. And I'm gonna be able to do do that, whether you're white, whether you're black, following you, whatever it is. So thanks for that. I really, really do appreciate it. Kwame. what are you thinking right now? What do you want to say? And I know uh, some people in our chat here at about <laughs> one, want to know where you got that hoodie. So maybe you can share that with us as well.
2: Um, obviously, going through the whole uh, turmoil the, through, that was going throughout the United States, uh, one of my close friends, uh, her name is Claudia Tavares. Uh, she has her own clothing, clothing line, and she made this uh, limited edition hoodie it's just a normal print, but I don't know. For some reason, I've gotten a great reception on it. I mean, it just gets straight to the point because it doesn't say don't be racist to Black people. It doesn't say don't be racist to... It says just don't be racist at all. And like, thank you. So it's a polite way of getting straight to the point when we can say it in a lot of different ways. But like Jordan said, like, I think as a Black person, you we have to look at... Like I said, I've been talking about perspective and I, I've been t- I haven't been have mentioned, but we have to showcase ourselves in a different light. We have to showcase ourselves in a brighter light. We have to and I always say it starts with us first. So I talk about the black community. We have to be able to showcase one another, put one another up. I mean, when we're with our, our homeboys, yeah, we're banter, we talk smack. Like, you know how we, they know, they know what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, we put each other down, but to us, that's just, but if we do it public setting, people around us might see it as, oh, these guys are talking bad to each other. They probably don't like each other. I mean, but just the understanding of who you're with, where you are, it it makes it a lot easier for every, every party involved. I'm not saying we should code switch or Like obviously that does happen. Like he said, like there's places where I have to be more outgoing. I have to be smiling. I have to be smiling all the time. And or if I'm not smiling, everybody's like, "Yo, what's wrong with Kwame? Why is he upset?" It's like no, you can't just walk around with all 32 showing at 24 seven. Like sometimes, sometimes people just want to mind their business. Sometimes people just wanted to hang out and chill. Sometimes people. And then I think the biggest perspective that I think the biggest thing that changed for me was like when. I have, a, I have a lot of, uh, I went to a school that's predominantly white, a high school as well, Dante Alighieri, and I went just me and Richie Larea went to the same high school, a couple, couple other guys, and it was predominantly Portuguese and Italian. But because we played soccer, they didn't view us as a regular black person, but we always felt that like, when we were hanging out with black people, we, we brought out our true selves, But then when we were hanging out with our Portuguese, Italian friends, like we had to hold back kind of how we were because they wouldn't understand. But like Jordan said, like, why don't they fix their expectations? Why don't they try to understand? Why don't they ask us questions? And I'm here saying like, there's some people in general, in general that just want to be understood before you make an assumption, ask the question, not obviously. And if you're going to ask the question, don't ask it out of ignorance make sure you articulate yourself well. So it doesn't seem like in general, like I can ask Christian a question. He's like, yo, is this guy trying to like tell me off? Is he trying to tell me something or is he actually genuinely trying to learn something about me? Or is he genuinely trying to learn about the situation? And I have a lot of friends like that. I have a lot of friends that are from the hood that are scared to come out with me in downtown Toronto. You know how crazy that sounds to me because they think they won't be accepted. So in my head, it's like, wait, what? Like, they're like, yeah, they probably won't like the way I dress. They probably won't like the way I talk. They probably, I'm like, but downtown Toronto's 25 minutes away. So I imagine from the the North of America to the South, the disparity, or from like different in Africa, like the Western, West Africa to East Africa, the disparity. But this is 20 minutes away. So location doesn't really matter. It's just in general, trying to understand one another, trying to have a conversation. Yeah, I'm not saying you're, I'm not expecting someone to go into Jane and Finch and be like, ah, guys, like, hey, what's up? Like, you know what I mean? But at the same time, there's people that you can ask questions to. Like, I, I, if I have to be the moderator, the mediator in between to, for you guys to understand what's going on the, on the other side, I'm glad to do that, to play that part. But mm-hmm. like J- Jamar said, people go their whole lives without knowing anything, without knowing the struggle, without knowing the struggle of the black, black woman. And like I didn't say kudos to Jamar because we need to put our Black women on a pedestal. We need to showcase them because they already start at ground zero. It's Black women, Black men, white women, white men in the totem pole. And they already start at ground zero. They're already Black and then they're women in society. So I always say we need to showcase them because they're, they're mothers just like us. That just like our, our mothers, they appreciate like they do almost everything in the household, they do almost everything for us. That's what you say, like, oh, we have a mama's boy, but it's it's just facts. It's the strongest, the pillar of the family in the black household. So mm-hmm. if I have to be the moderator, mediator, then I'll I'll gladly play that part because I've been able through obviously coach and I'm gonna be real on live TV to be to get my foot into the door with people that are predominantly white with people that are, because they knock off the expectations of say oh he's he's not just a black guy he's not just an athlete he's Kwame he he can do this he can speak like this he he's able to articulate himself in a respectful manner and that's all that that that's all that matters and i can genuinely understand him as a person so well, i hopefully well. we can cross we can cross uh channels with we will. my will. friends on one side and my friends on the other side we will, man.
0: We will. We're all, all in it together and anything as I said to you guys off camera and I'll say it again here for whatever it's worth. It doesn't off camera is more important but whatever we need to do as a league, as friends, as people, as Canadians, as white, black, whatever it is, let's keep going. Um, Jamar, over to you my man for for final thoughts.
2: Um,
0: honestly, these guys they said it perfectly. Um, it's
1: it's crazy though that we all think similar and we all go through the same things. that's why we, we have the same issues that's what i want to change that's what has to change and that only changes with understanding of uh culture understanding us as black people uh, us black people understanding black people right understanding why understanding the whole culture right that's what we're we're trying to do not piggyback off of what you like in the culture for me it's it's about building something for the future. It's always the future. That's just my thing, because the past is the past. We can't get it back. But we actually can take time to educate ourselves on on the people of the future. Right. So where does that start? Who knows before people were saying, yeah, well, it's going to start in high school. It's going to start in uh, elementary. It's going to start university. But you know what? It's just a discussion. It's a matter of you wanting to ask these questions or say, oh, like, So you're from here, uh, what is it like in that area? Or, you know what I mean? It's just engaging in in something that's out of your norm, right? That's what we have to get to. Because at the end of the day, you'll never understand someone unless you really ask them the truthful questions and and figure out who they are. Because you never know who is your, gonna be your closest friend in the future by uh, an intro convo, you have no idea. But by you understanding and giving that that time to them to hear them out, I think that changes the perspective and the narrative of that person in that culture, mm. right? If you see a culture that's constantly being promoted as as you know doing negative things on the news, you're gonna assume that that culture that's just the way they are, right? If you actually speak with someone and you're like, oh wow, you're from Jane and Finch, but you're not like this. Oh, okay, I didn't know it. I thought everyone was like that, right? That has to change, right? And the only way again is by actually understanding people. Right. If Kwame never said he was from Jane and Finch, and he said he was from, I don't know, just the topical, people are like, Oh, OK, cool, cool. Yeah, I get it. That's why he's the way he is. But no, he's the way he is because of the things he's dealt with growing up and because he understands both sides because he's moved. He's traveled. Right. It's uh, he's had to understand other people to get to where he is. Likewise for, for Jordan in, in, in Europe. Right. So it, it's crazy that we all have similar stories. Um, and, I, and I'm glad that, that we, we all got to be here to, uh, to speak a little bit about it. I know we can speak forever about these things. And again, it's not it's not just a month. This is, again, our reality. This is our life. Um, and these are some of the things that we're kind of bringing to you guys to to show and to, to see if we can take steps forward and, and be better. I think, I think we're getting there, uh, but there's still a lot of work to go. Understanding and guidance and wisdom. That's uh, that's what it's going to take.
0: Very well said. Um, a tremendous amount of understanding, I'm sure, for our viewers, our listeners, and certainly for me today. You know, this was not a day for me to talk to Kwame about bossing the left side or Jordan dominating at centre-back or how to run a midfield like Jamodix Dixon. We've got, we'll have many of those discussions again another time. But when we're having them, we can have these with it, right? But today, this was far, far more important than a game of soccer. And I can't thank the three of you enough for spending a great a great deal of time. And I know I'm speaking for many Canadian soccer fans out there as well. Um, I'm sure they've all gained a lot more admiration as well, and they've got massive fans of you for this as well. Uh, Kwame, Jamar, Jordan, thanks again, guys. I really appreciate this. Thank you, uh, thank you, KJ. Appreciate it. Keep up the good work, my, uh, my guys. God bless, and we'll chat with you soon. Thanks again for watching, and we'll keep, we'll speak to everyone soon. Have a great week.